everybody. Welcome back to Cloud of Compass. This is Lori, your host. I am going to continue telling me, telling you about my exciting new venture into Cloud of Compass, which I am so excited to unleash in the world. We're finalizing the tech details now, but I want to tell you a little bit about my personal story, which I haven't really shared much professionally. So uh, let's get to my why and why it may help you or someone you know. Um, in 2019, I was hospitalized for a suicide attempt. Uh, it wasn't my first visit to the psych ward. I've had mental health issues for over 20 years uh, and medicated and, and doing fairly well. <laughs> By the way, I've been dysregulated since I was a child. I now know that to be complex PTSD that was never really diagnosed and that also presented as sometimes ADHD, slightly on the Asperger scale. Um, so there's basically some neurodiversity that's been happening. And I think that's happening way more than we really give it credit for. Um, so it was the visit though, that very clearly defined for me that I, there is no debating anymore that I must, must, must trust myself above all other people, all other voices, all other opinions, or I would die. This was a complete break in my psyche from the person that I was trying to be, the person that was shooting herself, the person that was doing things that were against my absolute core worldview because somebody said I was supposed to. And it nearly killed me because I was asked to do things that went way against my beliefs and it was wreaking havoc and re-traumatizing my nervous system, me, causing really bad outcomes in the environment and took me a long time to decide and see that I was not making things worse. Things were getting worse because I kept going farther and farther away from my core values, which I nobody ever taught me to look at. Nobody ever taught me to understand. I had been trained in social work ethics, but what was happening in my life was asking me to violate the things that I have been taught to teach to others and then not allowed to use on myself. So it was a very confusing time. I was in a system of care that absolutely knew what they were doing in terms of harming me and neglected to address that, neglected to talk about my trauma, neglected to discuss anything other than their own agenda. And I have been working in the system for 20 years, you know, um, healthcare, social work, schools, uh, medical care, license, uh, criminal justice, et cetera, and so on. And so it really brought up a lot of things for me in those five years that led to this absolute break, which I'm surprised more of us do not have. I had a spiritual experience in there. I'm not going to talk about that now because I just, it's, you'll, it will come out, but the, the experience in there is that I my lens of life, what I was looking at life through, the clouded lens became clouded by the noise of other people's thoughts and opinions. And I had never been taught to trust myself, never been given permission to trust myself. And this was a breaking point between the, the person that was people pleasing and, and meeting expectations and um, taking responsi over responsibility and all these trauma symptoms this was a very clear reckoning and a very, very clear message to me that there is nobody that knows my brain and my body and my value 
more than me. And if I don't know it, I better freaking figure it out or else I'm going to die. Because if I was left in the hands of the people that said they were treating me, I would have ended up dead. And I believe that to this day, because I remember the spiritual experience absolutely as clear as day, it was like a lightning strike into my soul as I screamed out in distress in a full-blown, very volatile panic attack. It took me another year to get out of that treatment. It took me another year to have the confidence and trust in myself to say no to further harm. And it took me another year to learn that I was being harmed severely by an approach that is based on dominance, punitive measures, either or black and white thinking that itself is a trauma response. So it did a lot for me, even though it was a really bad crisis in my life. So before you diagnose yourself with depression or low self-esteem, first make sure um, you're not surrounded by idiots. That's a Sigmund Freud comment. These were very well-esteemed professionals that I sought out seeking my care. And every freaking time I would go to them with my concerns, I was gaslighted. Now, I'm, at the, I, I'm near the top of the food chain here in terms of supremacy, and I'm very well aware that we live in a white supremacist culture. So what this kept bringing up for me was that, how is this even possible where I am a professional social worker who's been helping people for years, and you're telling me that I'm doing something wrong, and you're telling me that the skills that you told me to teach people, I can't access because I'm somehow bad. Some, something about this made me bad and that I am seen as the problem and the criminal and all of that. So all I kept thinking about was black women that I know and young black males and young white men and young white women and young minority women and the native Alaskans I've worked with and all of these communities were coming up for me where we have just been whitewashed, ran over, completely incapacitated because somebody else needed to have their ego stroked. That makes me very angry. I couldn't express that. And now I get to work on a solution, which is where I'm coming with this. For 20 years, I've diagnosed the problem. Now, I want to be clear, we do have problems. But the problems that I've been treating, I've been treating them with band-aids because the problems that we're diagnosing are very often symptoms of a bigger issue going on collectively and internally. And so when you just diagnose the problem, you very well miss the mark, but here's the kicker. You have to have a diagnosis to get your insurance to pay for your care. And that's why we, we, you know, we put people on psych medications, which I'm on, by the way. But under treatment, I was on seven psych medications. Now I'm only sharing that because I am a little ashamed that I did not realize what was going on. And I'm, I'm working through my shame on that, but seven psych medications. Someone had to tell me that they stopped studying them after you put three together, they just stopped studying the outcomes. So they don't even know what it does to your mind and body when you're on seven different psych medications. And I wonder in my head how many more Americans are on a bazillion different medications to, to, to maintain and, and turn down the volume on certain symptoms, while at the same time, every client I'm working with and slapping Band-Aids on and giving coping tools and you know um, helping them mitigate their circumstances, 
they keep getting shit on more. That's not okay with me. Stop. Do not ask me to help somebody and stick a bandaid on something that you're not even looking at as a full blown crisis wound. And that's what we are. We're wounded. We're not broken. <sighs> so I had lost my job a year earlier, not because I wasn't good at my job. It was the first job I ever lost. It wasn't even because I wasn't even wanted by my company. It was because of the help that got involved and ended up harming me as a result of policy instead of individualized care. It was absolutely humiliating to be on top of my game per my performance reports at my um, where I work, which is a physician's organization, doing state level presentations and still be told that all of the things I was asked to believe about myself in the 20 years that I've been a social worker, I've been telling clients to believe in themselves, to believe in empowerment, to believe in making choices, to believe in agency, to believe in self-worth and value. And you're absolutely shitting on my work and you're disrespecting every fucking client that I have ever asked to do this in the face of systems that continue to harm them. I felt hopeless because my mental health needs were going increasingly neglected in an entire system of harm. Helpless because I was told to defer to the experts, anyone that wasn't me, random people who had singular behaviors in common, professional colleagues that I was told knew better than me that I should trust, who attempted to confront me and call me out and break client provider confidentiality for the smallest reasons, acting like gatekeepers, not helpers. And if you have had that experience, you absolutely know how fucking dehumanizing it is when somebody calls and tells on you because you worked 10 hours in a day when you're, the, the policy says that you're only allowed to work eight. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. I overpaid for drug tests. I allowed them to take my blood every two weeks for two years, knowing that that was determining for them whether I was a good or bad person. And that is gross. That is gross. It's expensive. It's invasive. My bodily autonomy, I absolutely just offered to them without being able to say no, which is what I want to teach you not to do. It, it's, it's humiliating. Most harmfully, I was told repeatedly that I needed to understand that I was powerless and always would be. I was not taught that as a social worker. In fact, empowerment is in our ethics, as is individualized care, as is in you know how to take care of your own shit, as in doing no harm to clients. And here I was as a social worker being harmed by a system of care based on punitive, criminal, criminalized measures that wanted to maintain the power over. It's, it's and, and I'm gonna tell you right now, I am not alone. This is happening all across the country. We know this. Doctors kill themselves before um, reaching for mental health care because they know it is so stigmatized. Because once you have the label, I had to disclose my mental health issues to four people that I worked with. I, I had to have worksite monitors. There was never a zero problems with my work. And you are wanting me to share very personal and private information with people that it's none of their goddamn business for one and B, who I have to trust to fill out a report every quarter that I was good or bad. Like I do understand that people may sometimes need monitoring, but you're, you're working amongst colleagues and peers. It's not their business. And 
what purpose does it serve if I'm disclosing to them that I have personal struggles so that they can micromanage my behavior? The growing disconnect between my own internal compass that kept screaming at me that this was wrong and the world around me that was telling me you're wrong was interpreted in my brain as I did not deserve to exist in the world, that my loved ones were better off without me and that I was causing harm to the world around me. I literally, they had me believing that I was worthless, that I was never gonna overcome whatever challenge I was faced, which by the way, if you know me in my life, I have faced a lot of motherfucking challenges, bring them on. And I'm so weathered by this experience that I am ready to die because I do not see a solution we're gonna come to because your worldview and my worldview are night and day. It is only through the re-traumatization that I was forced to come to terms with the fact that I am and have always been a trauma survivor, that I too have been victimized, which I never allowed myself to consider as a social worker because I was helping you. I was supposed to have my shit together, right? Like I wasn't allowed. There was no room for me to have problems, which is very similar to how my childhood was, by the way. And most egregiously that we are all being victimized in life in some way, shape or form. And I do recognize that that may be a triggering word, but on some level, we are all on some level, a perpetrator of things and a victim of things. And until we all wrestle with the victimization that we and our ancestors have even been through, we will continue to have this soul wound. I'm not so special. I work with people like me every day, people who are expressing symptoms of trauma that have remained undiagnosed and or worse are now living with a diagnosis that our culture translates into a publicly endorsed and often toxic label that promotes further stigma, shame, pathology, and criminalization. Now I am a member of the LGBTQIA plus community. I have worked in several marginalized population communities and I will stand up in front of a crowd and tell you the pathology is not with the clients I've worked with. The pathology tends to be collective. It tends to be group. It tends to be not even really ours. We're given and gifted it when we're born because that's called intergenerational trauma. And so there was nothing, I was not seeing pathology in my clients. I was seeing coping. I was seeing doing whatever you felt like you needed to do to survive and doing it the best fucking way you could but I was not seeing a lot of disease, uh, excuse me, pathologizing. I was seeing a lot of disease. We have these terms coming around now, narcissism, borderline personality disorder, it used to be bipolar. Well, guess what? 50 years ago, they called women histrionic. And before that, they burned witches at the stake. So this is not new. This is not new that we have ailments that we label and stick on somebody. What is new is the level of inability that we collectively have gotten to to have any sort of empathy because we are also so busy surviving. You look um, at a lot of the women now, like I'm really fascinated with the Britney Spears, um, that, that whole unraveling thing, um, the Lindsay Lohan issue, every black young man in America, I was just reading a book the other day that talked about how their, their lives are always being surveilled. There's never a moment that they're allowed to just be human because we are we have prepared ourselves to see them as an automatic threat and that is just it makes my skin crawl 
your family members, my family members, you know somebody who's been to court, if you know somebody who's had a child, um, a child welfare check, or if you know somebody who's had a child um, divorce, child, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, custody, custody battle. Those are really nasty. Marianne Petri was on to tell her story of how she survived a very illegal process happening. And in the courts, it's, it's, it's concerning. So if you ask anybody who's experienced our legal system, most of those in prison have been diagnosed with a mental health issue or are being punished for one or not yet diagnosed. Many are in there because of poverty and that just doesn't afford the luxury of human rights in our current culture. That must change. I think I read a statistic, at least 70 to 80% of the prisoners in California are from the foster care system. Red alert, red alert, red alert. That is very concerning. Equally concerning is the high percentage of women in there for self-protection and being charged with the crime as a result. Then women go to prison. There's nobody to raise their babies. Somebody else is raising their babies. So we've got a human trafficking situation going on here, in my opinion, and in many other people's opinions. It's just unacceptable. All right. So what no one ever told me, but I found out through my work and my own experiences that every diagnosis I've seen so far, which um, has been many di medical diagnoses, many chronic conditions, many mental health issues, many social issues, um, they hold behavioral symptoms for something that has happened to us in the past, which is why the whole focus is um, the thread underlying all of my products is trauma tools for transformation. So. I want to clarify here. I love my profession. I love most of my peers. We often endorse support and sometimes even mandate. Band-aid approaches only. And I am tired. We're out of band-aids. I can, I, I'm not going to put a band-aid on a soul wound. What I'd like to do is look at that soul and let that wound irrigate and flush it out with some, some fresh freshness and some low risk tools and practices so that the wound can actually get healing back into it instead of being suffocated, numbed out, infected, et cetera, and so on. I'm no longer on board with us neglecting the elephant in the room. And that is that every single thing we are trying to target is most commonly a symptom. I'm ready to help you get directly to the cause. I'm in my 45 years on this planet and 20 years in the helping profession. What I see most clearly is something that folks like Gabor Mate, Oprah, Bruce Perry are starting to acknowledge publicly that we have a serious trauma problem on our hands. Ah, my computer's on the fritz. Give me one second. There we go. But I don't live in the problem anymore. I want us to look into the solutions. I want us to change the direction of our compass. I want us to learn our internal compass so that we can wield it as an asset and not a weapon against ourselves. So I am also using what's called the three principles, which I found around the time of my suicide with Dr. Amy Johnson. She's doing incredible work with this. My book, Life Hacks, was based on this. And I've developed an exclusive four-point path to progress that will help you get strategic, tap into your own resources and clarify what you wanna work on in your life. The easier, softer way. I know because I've lived it. I know because my former clients have lived it. I know because it's pr produced results like building a life you don't wanna escape from, 
a better job, more money, more confidence, less symptoms, saying no to the world and yes to you without shame, blame, and guilt, improved communication skills to get our needs met, the audacity to acknowledge our needs and dare to have them met, daring to give yourself permission to exist just as you are today, warts and all, realigning with your values. And if you don't have values, you're going to find them because I'm going to take you through that process and they're yours. They're not your parents. They're not the cultures. They're yours. Finding your purpose, which I don't even know yet. You're going to come to me and we're going to figure it out because you have the answers. I don't. Discovering your own incredibly useful survival skills, which nobody has really ever enhanced and, and looked at as an asset, making friends with yourself, how to stop the self-hate. If there's one thing that triggers me, it is somebody that is stuck in shame. And I used to have to sit in rooms and listen to folks who just continued to feel worse and worse about their own situation, thinking it was all their fault. And it made me want to vomit when I left those meetings. That is not how you heal. Okay, so how to stop the self-hate. No more imposter syndrome. You can be afraid, but you're gonna have confidence when you get done with my course. Saying goodbye to tolerating disrespect. <sighs> Can't even tell you how many times I could have used that. Building in mini vacays each and every day. So we're gonna take mini vacations every day. This is gonna be a fun journey. It's a choose your own adventure journey, teaching you how to get unstuck from where you're at now and stop the overwhelm. Stop the overworked, stop the overcast, stop the overstimulated. What would your life look like if those were not a few of the clouds in your life? How high would you dare to soar with newly tapped self-fucking confidence? Not ego, self-confidence, knowing your self-worth, knowing your value, and daring to believe it. What kinds of decisions would you be making with newly tapped self-trust? Do you know how many times I've doubted myself in my life? Do you know how many times I went back and, and looked at the gut check that I did and didn't listen to it, but the gut check was telling me all along what to do and I just was taught to rely on the beliefs of others? What kinds of decisions would you be making? What kinds of bullshit would you say goodbye to with newly tapped communication and boundary skills? Friends, it's a whole new ball game when you start to play with these tools that you already have, but they've never really been nurtured and encouraged and fostered and allowed to bloom. So just as an update for me, I take two psych meds a day now. I do not take seven. You're not putting seven psych meds in my body ever again, because I'm not going to be, I don't even know what that did to me. And that's the, that's the hardest part for me to wrestle with. I don't know what behaviors resulted from me being on so many medications dealing with the wrong diagnoses. That is not something that somebody with insulin, you know, somebody with diabetes who needs insulin would have to deal with. That is not somebody, something that somebody with high blood pressure would have to deal with. Now it's often called polysubstance or polypharmacology, polypharmacology, to have several medications total on board, but seven psych meds, I'm sorry, but my worldview tells me if I, I, how can I be that fucked up if I'm capable of a job, capable of helping and giving back to others, 
have most of my poop in a group and I need seven psych meds. Now I am dysregulated. I have two psych meds now. It's incredible. I really, um, I, I like how they work and I'm very, I'm so much more in tune with my emotions. Um, so since then I've started a business, not one, I started two because I still have to work with the overachiever part, but no, these are because I started betting on me and I never allowed myself to even consider owning a business because that's just not what somebody from where I was from with my knowledge and history, that's just not what we did. Um, I have started a podcast. I've written a book. I have started a business. I started a second business. I have four certifications. All the while, somebody was telling me I was doing it wrong. So make proactive choices based on what your internal GPS tells you, regardless of how that looks to the world and having the confidence to follow that through. I started my businesses as a dare to myself to see if I could do it because that's internally motivated. You weren't going to tell me I was going to start a business. I was going to see. And if, you know, there is no failure because failure, like everything is a learning opportunity. So there was only good things to come out of it. But I started looking at the things that I had done in my life and I was not giving myself credit for where I got to. Like, I just was not looking at all the things that I actually did way better than I ever gave myself credit for. And I started to use those in different ways. So change looks messy on the outside, but it's so incredibly fucking juicy and rewarding on the inside. It is the coolest way you can heal. It is, it's spiritual, it's sacred, it is possible. And I really want to help people not bleed their power out endlessly and chronically to projects and people that no longer serve them. How much power do you innocently on autopilot give away each and every day? Now I'm not, by, by giving away power, what I mean is you're allowing the other entities in your world, the circumstances, the life, the behavior, the thoughts, all that stuff. You're just giving, 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 but you're never re- um, re-nourishing yourself. You're never rejuvenating yourself. And I know clear reasons why we don't do that. And that will be addressed in this course as well. I want you to work towards what you never dared to dream before and take some risks safely so that you're not overwhelmed. I want these outcomes for you too. I have seen it in my clients I'd love to show you your north. I'd love for you to join our course. Please keep listening to Cloud of Compass. If you have any questions, let me know. I, uh, this is the first time I'm talking about it publicly. And so uh, let me know your thoughts on Cloud of Compass on Facebook or IG. Stay tuned. I, and if this is not for you, please consider it, if you've listened this far, to share it with somebody who may need what I have. And maybe it's not what you need, but maybe somebody you know might need it. That's my, that, that's my goal. Thanks. Have a good day.